Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Listeners, and welcome to There Are Four Questions, a Star Trek Spotlight podcast. I'm your host, Christopher D. Littlefield, and in the interrogation chamber with me today is New York City's premier Star Trek drag queen, Heather Wood. Heather, how are you today? I am great. I'm fabulous. I'm all tucked in and ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that you're here with me. It's so good to see you, and I'm so excited that you're on this episode. Yay! I'm the first one, right? I think I think we're the first ones recording. I'm not sure what the order of the episodes is going to be released in, but you're the first person that I'm interviewing for the podcast. One of the first. So that, that, that I that's good enough for me. Yeah, I'm well, I'm I'm just so happy. I don't know if you remember when we met, but it was only a little over a year ago. Do you remember? Remind me. No. <laughs> So I had a friend in town who was visiting from Las Vegas who also does podcast Star Trek podcasts. Okay. Amy Nelson and we went to when she was visiting it was the when the season finale of Disco season 2 dropped. Oh. So okay. we met at a season 2 finale watch party in Manhattan. Yes, okay. Yeah. No, that was those were a lot of fun. Yeah, doing those. Can't wait for the season 3 to drop. And do and and I'd love to do viewing parties, of course, but that's kind of uh, you know out of the question given COVID. I know, yeah. I I that was my first viewing party. I have never been to one before. Really? Yeah. Well, there it was definitely my first time ever doing them. Uh-huh. And as a drag queen, you see like the viewing parties for other things, namely RuPaul's Drag Race. And I just thought, you know, gosh, there's a lot of gays that love Star Trek. So why don't we do something for us, for the gay nerds, you know, and just have a viewing party and we'd start with Discovery. I think we didn't even start really like at the beginning of the season. We started late, but we still had a great turnout and I was really happy yeah. people came out. And I get to meet a lot of people like you. Yeah. And apparently I've been drinking since then. So uh... (laughs) I just remember like, I mean, like I'm a gay guy, obviously. And so I just remember when I first saw you and Jackie Cox was there, too. Oh, who, yes. who we all know as well and does does Star Trek drag too. And I was just like, what? These people are amazing. I have, I had never seen anything like it in my life. I'll just say Jackie is very amazing, very talented, very, she is just, she does it like it's, it, it's her drag. It seems effortless. So I am always very happy when I get to perform with her and when I get to kind of learn from her. I've done like a few events with her and I got a chance to drive up to Albany with her a very long time ago. And I just got to talk with her, get to know her a little bit. And she's just a terrific person. And, you know, I'm just so glad she's part of the Star Trek community. Yeah. And also a very, very nice person, too. Of course. And I have to also say that I know you're saying that her drag is like effortless and she's also a really nice person, but you are too. Your drag is phenomenal oh. and and you're so kind and so generous and, and just such a nice person to be around. Well, I just, you know, you just have to get to know me a little bit better and then you might change <laughs> that opinion. <I'm> 
You gotta wait till uh, season I don't know season three when I when Janeway goes crazy, right? Oh. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to that. And you, but you also do costumes, your your own stuff, right? So actually, I do not. I've never made one of my own costumes, but I bought patterns for some of the Star Trek uniforms, and I am in the process. Of uh, making that some is of my awesome. own stuff. Everything I just I normally get is from China. So Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it works, you know. Yeah, I mean it looks it looks amazing. Yeah. But my wigs, the wigs like the Janeway wig, like I I I have make make that. And uh, you know, obviously wigs are a totally different story. You know, there's an art art to it, I think, you know, adding hair and styling and things like that. So I'm proud of the Janeway one, but I'm looking to make some more wigs for some of the other characters like Crusher, doing Dr. Uh, Crusher, and I don't, I haven't done one for Kira. I bought one, <gasps> but, you know, I'm working on it. I'm stepping up my drag. That would be cool. <laughs> I mean, there's also, you could do Roe, Ensign Roe. Oh, yes. I love Ensign Roe. You know, actually, I want to do um, uh, a number with Captain Rachel Garrett. Oh, that would be awesome. So then I die at the end of the number. <laughs> <laughs> your your numbers are so good. I, I remembered I also saw you at Star Trek Las Vegas last year, too. Yes. And there was, was a, a big crusher number. There was. I, the, the Sub Rosa is definitely a fan favorite. Oh. And so I'm so good. in the number going to Funky Town, literally, <laughs> with a candle. And, um, you know, I have not yet been able to cast my Ronin, but, uh, but, but I, but I, but I need to, I want to. (laughs) Yeah. You've, you've got to. Yeah, definitely. I would love to audition for that. I mean, I look nothing. I don't think I'm not right for it. (laughs) You get it. You'll get, you're, you're in. I love it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Heather, it is so good to have you on today. Thank you for joining me. Yes, I'm so excited. Listeners, this podcast is all about interviewing Star Trek fans, podcast hosts, and other very special guests like Heather Wood and asking them, you guessed it, four questions related to their Star Trek experience. All right, Heather, let's go ahead and get started. I'm ready. And keep in mind that as the interrogator, I reserve the right to ask follow-up questions in order to (laughs) obtain any additional intelligence that I need. Oh my goodness. So serious. I love it. <laughs> All right. Question number one. Heather, what is your Star Trek origin story and why do you keep trekking? Well, I, you know, as a kid, I grew up watching, you know, the original series on, you know, reruns and uh, the, the original series movies. And I really loved Captain Kirk and just how he was, you know, this kind of rebel you know he uh thought independently he acted independently many times and i really enjoyed his character i think when i was a little kid i was part of the william shatner fan club i got an autographed picture from him and never met him in person but uh and i, I you know and i never was really kind of into the the, the next generation as a kid but uh once i you know became aware that voyager was coming out I don't remember exactly what transpired that I I just knew this was going to be a different type of show. And I was very excited that the captain was a woman. I was very excited about 
they were kind of lost in space, which I I felt was as a kid that that was just so cool. You know, so much like the original intent of Star Trek, you know, they had no choice but to explore. They're trying to get home. You know, I think as a as a gay kid, I was really drawn to Star Trek, I think, because it obviously presents this welcoming and diverse future where there is this team of people and they 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 kind of, you know, accept each other for who they are. They have basically the, ov- the overall same goals and, and missions that they're going on. There's there's not a whole lot of, you know, dissent in a way. There's in, in internally they, you know, they all support each other. They're a family. And I think I think that's kind of, um, you know, uh, appealing to someone growing up gay just to feel like there's this this show out there and these characters that they're accepted so you know you want to kind of be accepted too and i think you just kind of get this warm fuzzy feeling uh watching it you know and it's obviously exciting it's can be a little funny and humorous at times star trek doesn't take itself too seriously but i think that's that's really why i think i've kept uh watching because it's it's uh it's just like unlike any other tv show you've ever seen you know it's a it's a family it's it's a supportive group of people that are welcoming and uh supportive of one another and you know who doesn't want to watch that wow i really like the idea of seeing voyager as that kind of place where you find yourself with your chosen family even though voyager kind of got stuck out there together like thinking you know tying it in with the concept of we as lgbtq people finding our chosen family and kind of finding our tribe and yeah that's really really wow yeah i love that you know and i and you know i think that definitely janeway has been an influence definitely for drag obviously yeah (laughs) if you could see my hair people (laughs) it's amazing (laughs) but uh you know definitely janeway uh because she just had a different sort of leadership style and i think you know everybody all the other captains you know they're male they're straight and uh you know they have a i think they all have their individual styles in terms of how the captains are presented and what the writers did with janeway i thought it was just very unique and different in the way that she commanded her crew and commanded respect and created a sort of supportive and coordinate like a group that coordinated with each other and Got the job done. They got home, people. They did. <laughs> they did. And she broke some rules to do it, but she did it. <laughs> I mean, it might have taken some tits and ass to get there, but, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes that's necessary. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever told you, but my favorite, Janeway is my captain. She's my she's my number one. She's the one that I most want to serve under. She better be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, that's great. All right. Question number two. This is a big one. How and why did the elements of drag and your Star Trek fandom meld together for you? Well, when I first started doing drag back in 2014, I think, you know, so I did, I, I was actually laid off from a job that I was very invested in and it was so very devastating to be laid off. And I think when I started up drag, I really just wanted 
an identity that I could call my own that wasn't going to be some job that, you know, could be taken away from me at any moment. You know, nobody can take away who you are, you know, what kind of persona you've created. So when I first started, I was in the back of my mind creating the character Heather Wood was Kate Mulgrew as Captain Janeway. And there were some, you know, other ideas in there as well. But I think like one of the first outfits I put myself in was like some, you know, TNG Star Trek outfit. And I had like, you know, a version of Janeway hair and, and, you know, I just kind of went out and had fun with it. But the one thing I love about drag is that the people that are in it are these kind of, I think, misfits, creative people. And I think that it, that drag really lends itself very well to the Star Trek world because I feel like the Star Trek fans are, in a way, those creative, misfit sort of folks. And I'll have to say, I never felt very successful as a drag queen until I started performing in the Star Trek world. The Star Trek fans are absolutely the best fans they are so open-minded supportive and welcoming i just feel like a superstar all the time when i put on these pajamas these star trek pajamas (laughs) so so i i think that it really for me it was just a natural uh sort of transition from i guess drag that's everything else other than star trek and then to move to star trek you know i think it's kind of where i started out in my head i remember so another funny story and i'm it's a i guess it could be a little bit embarrassing but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> we like embarrassing stories oh yeah but, uh, going out in drag it's you know it can be intimidating and you know sure. you want to look good and i remember you know i mostly self-taught uh you know i've had like i think like 99 percent is self-taught. Uh, you know, I've asked a lot of questions of people that know a lot more than me, and I've just kind of learned through practice and trials and tribulations and things like that. But <laughs> I used to, you know, get up done and uh, done up in drag, invite friends over to my apartment, and we'd just have like a little house party, and I would literally lip-sync Star Trek monologues. And all my friends would go, oh, God, not another Star Trek monologue. <laughs> But that's uh, literally like part of my training before I decided to step out into the world and do more things publicly. So I had little practice sessions with Star Trek. <laughs> that that blows me away. I don't think that's an embarrassing story at all. Personally, I think it's I think it's freaking amazing. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. My friends will say otherwise. Well, <laughs> They're dead to me now. (laughs) They're not your friends. They're not your real friends. (laughs) They're not my Star Trek friends, that's for sure. (laughs) But, you know. I like how pointing out that Star Trek fans really are, like, the best. Like, we are so different, you know? I, I think every single Star Trek friend or family member that I have has that, like, that relatability to where it's like, we kind of feel like misfits. Yeah. You know, but we all come together. With this thing that we love, we're all so different, 
and and it's just so beautiful and so special and there's not there's nothing else really like it it's i don't know it's it's very hard to explain sometimes you know and the other thing is that i feel like growing up i felt like such a nerd for liking star trek like oh yeah it was like another thing not only being gay but liking star trek oh you know that would be yep. that would get you made fun of and I remember yeah. not even being afraid to even mention that I liked it. You know, and now it's totally different. But I actually think until I probably started really doing Star Trek drag, I think I might have felt a little con- self-conscious about it. Like, you know, I wanted to be the cool kid. So I didn't want to like say, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a big Star Trek nerd. But you know what? I think now it's like thank the the Star Trek community for helping me get over, I guess, that insecurity and, uh, you know, kind of be more myself and, uh, you know, embrace, you know, the things that I like more and without fear of being made fun of or whatever. You know, I guess part of that comes with growing up a little bit more and, sure. uh, you know, going out and buying ladies clothes at a store, you know, that always <laughs> helps with your self-consciousness. <laughs> as a, you know, as a boy, you know, that could be a little he- a head turner, you know, when I'm checking out bras or something, you know. Anyway. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, ah, uh, that's beautiful, Heather. That's ah, uh, that's great. I I, d- I didn't know that you were totally self-taught either, and that's just so impressive and I think a lot of people also don't realize that drag is such I mean, it's it's art for sure. And, you know, if you look at drag queens, you know, if you look at pictures of yourself when you first started out versus where you are now, there's a growth and there's an evolution. Exactly. And it's like you learn more things. You learn how to do some things faster or differently. And exactly. Yeah. You know, it's it takes, you know, it just takes practice and skills and it's conversations and people showing you things here and there. And, you know, I don't know everything and I'm still learning I think as anybody is with any sort of artistic craft, but I'll just say drag is one of the most rewarding things I've ever done, but it's also the most challenging because, you know, unlike other crafts like drag, you, you know, if, in a way you are like that painting, if so to speak, you're the visual aspect of the art, you're the performance side of the art and, you know, and it's not like playing an instrument necessarily i mean you tell a story with your music mixes you tell a story with your body and your hands and your gestures with your dance so i don't claim to know how to do those things all extremely well but it's uh it's definitely there's so much there's so much depth to it and you know i hope that if anybody you know when people come out to see me perform that you know, they see they that I tell a story and, you know, and obviously in the Star Trek genre that, that, that they really love and they, you know, maybe not ever considered before. You know, I always like to put a, uh, you know, a comedic twist on on something mm-hmm. and uh, definitely with Star Trek. And, uh, you know, so I hope that they they get that out of out of watching watching me. So uh, I certainly do. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I work in musical theater and so that's those are those are some of the first things that i noticed about your performances is that there's there's story there you know and there's character there and there's development and there's thought behind it it's not just you know it's not just a guy dressing up like a girl yeah lip syncing there's so much more to all of it yeah and then you add an element like star trek in there's there's another layer there yeah yeah totally yeah thank you yeah 
All right, question number three. <laughs> In your drag career, you do a ton of appearances, events, and conventions. What are some things you have personally learned from your audiences and fans? I'm turning it back at you now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what I've ultimately learned from from performing and observing fans is you have to be able to embrace that you're not perfect and that you are allowed to make mistakes and you just have fun with it. If I'm in my head and I'm nervous about saying something or doing something that I didn't plan to do, you know, in my head or, you know, in my agenda for the evening, you know, I think when I first started out, I'd get real kind of caught off guard by it. You know, oh, I made a mistake and uh, now... I don't know, like what? What am I? I like I, I'm gonna present myself in a light that I don't, that I, that it's not what I intended. And I think you know what I've learned from audiences, people, especially at least me, you know, like when I, when I make, when I do something funny and unexpected and make a mistake, you know, people laugh. And when you embrace it, it makes it even funnier. So I try to not take myself too seriously and uh, just remember why I started doing this and. That's, I think, really to have like a level of confidence in myself and have an identity that's all my own that nobody can ever take away. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I know I'm deep. <laughs> <laughs> She's so deep, y'all. <laughs> Who would have known? <laughs> There's brains up in these wigs. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little emotional because those are things that are really, really hard to learn when you're just dressed. You know, I don't like to use the word normal, but when you're dressed how you're expected to dress. Yeah, yeah. How society expects you to dress. Those are really hard things to learn anyway. And certainly things that I have to work on personally yeah and you know and also in my career as a musician but wow that's that's amazing i mean you know it's funny i started out playing music in new york city and you know i play like acoustic pop covers and britney spears and rihanna i did and, not know that and that but that's you know i did that for a long time and then you know it's those kind of things kind of faded away but i'll just say i never as I never felt as confident. I never got, I got a little bit of it, but until I started doing drag. So I'm, I'm going to just say that you should do drag. Until I started doing drag, I never really fully learned these things. <laughs> okay. We got to, we got to get you a name. <laughs> I, I have, I have done drag before. Wow. Oh my, you're going to have to show me a picture. <laughs> I have, and I've done Star Trek drag. I have one Star Trek drag experience well i did it twice but it was the same thing and i have the blue scant from the original series and like i think it's a okay it might be a i can't I, I think it's it's either i think it's medical i'm not sure which one and okay a, yeah and a blonde beehive wig what and then like black go-go <laughs> boots very amateur nothing near what you do <laughs> but i've got pictures well I, I, you're gonna have to show them to me after this you know the thing is i will anybody can do drag anybody uh -huh. can and you know like i so like i mentioned i kind of self-taught and i i basically if you know i didn't really have like a drag mother but you know if i had to say who my drag mother may have been but never knew it was manila luzon she i watched her drag tutorial 
probably about 45 times taking intensive notes. And that's how I learned to do my makeup. And <laughs> so, I mean, wow. anybody with, you know, that obviously the, that's the thing that I love, like even like anything you want to do, like play music or sew or do a wig. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> maybe not in that order, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or all of know, them in your case, <laughs> somebody's doing the tutorial video about it. So just, you know, ask the internet and it will answer back. That's true. <laughs> I will say that when I did, so the Star Trek drag came a little bit later and, you know, it was mainly before it was like once or twice for Halloween when I was first coming yeah. out in, in Texas. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, that went over really well when we went at the sure. gay bars. <laughs> and with my Southern Baptist preacher father. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah, I will say that it there is a level of confidence, of self-confidence and like self-assuredness that you don't experience in any other in any other setting when you, when you step into drag you know it and it brings it's so weird because you're dressing so differently than how you look physically yeah but i find i found that i felt so much more myself yeah yeah well it's fun and you know i, I always think it takes a lot of balls and a real man to uh to do drag i mean it really does i mean it's it takes a lot of courage too i mean it's still in many places, I, I, you know, this is taboo. I mean, and, uh, you know, I think that we're breaking down those barriers one day at a time, but um, it takes a lot of courage. It's scary sometimes, you know, it's because uh, you're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of gives you a little bit of a taste of, you know, oh, my gosh, maybe real women feel like this, you know, and that's not OK. Sure. But, uh, you know, I think that the one thing the drag has taught me is being more supportive of women. And I think as gay men, sometimes we're kind of like, oh, you know, that bitch, you know? Right. I mean, and sometimes we're just being sassy, but sometimes we really kind of are being mean. Yeah. And, um, and it's taught me to kind of really recognize that we need to all support each other, and especially women who I think are very still underrepresented as well as many other groups mm -hmm. but you know it's really taught me that and it's been an eye-opening experience to even be able to sort of get a glimpse into what it's like for to step in, to literally step into somebody else's shoes just for a moment and kind of get a glimpse of what that might look like for someone else wow yeah that's 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 a lot to to think about well you know yeah, I don't, I mean, like, you know, I, 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 that's just, drag, I think, has such a, it has so many layers to it. So, mm -hmm. you know, and of course, like, this is a Star Trek podcast, but I mean, I right. think it also, you know, if you, you know, watch some of the episodes, you know, there's many episodes where they talk about gender issues and androgyny and sexual orientation. And I feel like, so... It's it just is like a natural blend, you know, I think drag and Star Trek. I I would love for there to be a race that they have on Star Trek where like the men actually do dress up in drag. <laughs> like it's, that's part that. of their culture. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. I was just thinking about that before we before we got uh before we started recording that I want to see I want to see act like drag represented on Star Trek too. Yeah. Not just Quark, you know, 
that the episode where Quark is. Yeah. You know which one I'm talking exactly. about. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I don't remember the name of the episode, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, but of course, I'm hoping that in the future, drag is a whole lot easier. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't take like two hours to get done up. Right. Because I'd be late for all my duty shifts. So. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, red alert, captain of the bridge. I'd be like, uh, just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> just got to tuck here and put my wig on. <laughs> uh, could you imagine? <laughs> yes. Yes, I could. Certainly with, you know, with the how, how the franchise is expanding and, you know, with lower decks and stuff. I, I totally, totally could see that. Well, CBS, if you're listening, Heather Wood, you can email me. Check me out on my website, heatherwood.net. <laughs> <laughs> I know that they have they have people listening to stuff out there somewhere. They've got to. Maybe, maybe. You know what? I just got, um, well, I'm going to be getting a Nielsen box. So they'll be listening and I'll, oh, and, I'll be, wow. and I'll be talking to it. It's not really a box, but they're like these little pagers and then some sort of state. I haven't gotten it yet, but I got a phone call today that I'm getting that. So I'm like, ooh, Uh-oh. I'm going to be watching all the Star Trek. Right. <laughs> I mean, I do oh, cool. anyway, but... You know. Right. But now they'll know. <laughs> yeah, now they'll know. <laughs> so, my husband on the other end has been like, no, no, we gotta, we can't have them getting all this data. So, anyway. <laughs> all right, question four. What would your message be to both Trek fans who are less familiar with drag and the LGBTQ plus community and to younger LGBTQ plus Trek fans who are still discovering themselves and their tribe? Well, I would have to say if there is a Star Trek group that you can be a part of, you should be part of it to the younger crowd. Whatever it is, make make one in your school, talk to others. Star Trek, there's so many great people in the Star Trek world, and I felt like I really kind of found more my tribe when I started getting more active in the Star Trek community, and I think that that's really important. I feel like, you know, it's like kind of like when you're talking to somebody that's not really into Star Trek, it's like this disconnect, right? Like, you're like, what? You know, like, maybe you don't really, you're friends, but you're not you could you'd be better friends if they liked star trek <laughs> mm-hmm. but anyway but also i'd have to say to anybody else out there you know like i'm part of this group called the lambda quadrant and we hold events mostly in new york city or were <laughs> given covid not right. so much but online but you know we we welcome everybody everybody in the star trek world whether you're gay straight transgendered purple green whatever you know like you can be a part of it everybody's so friendly and so welcoming and you know i know that like some of the events that we've done you know not everybody that goes is is gay and that's definitely okay everybody can take part in some star trek and some drag you know it's it's all in good fun but whatever your flavor is there's other groups out there you know, get involved because it is so rewarding and it's so much fun to connect with others that enjoy something I think really as deeply as most Star Trek fans enjoy Star Trek. So I think that's really fun and that's really special. So go out there, find that tribe, find your Star Trek tribe. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. It is. I remember 
a lot a lot of us experienced Star Trek in our childhood without the benefit of having streaming services, Facebook and Twitter and social media and all of that. So as a kid, I always felt like my fandom, I experienced my fandom in a vacuum and I was just so by myself and I never would able would be able to just you know, talk to someone else who likes Star Trek instantly on the other side of the world. And now I have all these friends that live all across yeah. the world and we all love Star Trek and we geek out together. And yeah. We haven't even met each other in person. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's like there's people that I that I've met and though that I never see until I go to like a convention or I go, you know, if I like on the cruise, you know, I was on the cruise one year and, you know, and I think that's so cool because I feel like I could go up to these people they don't even maybe know a whole lot about me, but, you know, it's like, you know, it would be like we were best as of friends, you know, totally seeing each other again. So mm -hmm. it's something I look forward to every time I go out to do something. Yeah. And damn you, COVID taking oh, away know. my Star Trek community. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> wear a mask, people. Please wear, wear a freaking mask. mask. <laughs> For the love of God. For the love of everybody else. <laughs> yes, of course. All right, Heather. Well, I hate to break it to you, but I know that you may think that there are four questions here, but there are actually five questions. There are four questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shoot. What is it? You ready? You ready to proceed? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Question five comes to us from Mike Slamer, and he asks... Your mission is to design the next great holodeck program that will be used in all Starfleet vessels, Quark's Bar, and every other off-world facility. What do you build? Oh, boy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you're in the future, I mean, I don't know. I guess it would just have to be porn. <laughs> <laughs> Something porn-related. I don't know. On every um, Starfleet vessel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Everybody knows that's what they're doing in there. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. People uh, have needs. That's a that's a really great question. I mean, you know, I think uh, I think I'd want to be transported back in time. Okay. And uh, maybe like, I don't know. I mean, this might sound a little. It was just the Fourth of July recently, but maybe like sometime around like the Revolution. I don't know, or ah. some sort of different, or like the Civil War, just to see like you know. What's up? How are they doing? I mean, I, this is a period in time, but you know, I just love to see how people lived. You know, okay. how they really lived. I think that would be really cool, and I, I hope that the I want to program something like that. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it would be total fiction. Maybe can I just travel back in time and screw up the <laughs> timeline? Sure. Can I do that? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a time zero situation. Yeah, that's what I want to do. You know, I dress up as Janeway all the time, and you know that she always is screwing up the timeline. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many timelines were created or ended because of Janeway? Yeah, right? <laughs> I think at the end of, like, you know, Picard, it's just going to be Janeway just fixing it all. You know? <laughs> and then none of it ever happened. Yeah, none of it ever happened. Picard, you're no longer a robot. Spoiler. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. If you haven't seen Star Trek Picard, well, there you go. He's definitely not a sex robot. No. No, no way. <laughs> not at all. No way. <laughs> this has been so much fun. This has been so much fun. I am just like beaming and I'm like moved and questioning my life now and <laughs> thinking about drag possibilities. <laughs> 
You should be. We gotta. We'd like. Uh, I don't know. We gotta give you a drag name like Ginger Snap or something. But- <laughs> <laughs> I am a ginger. Yeah, somebody already probably has that name, but I'm sure you know, we can just take it. I mean, whatever. We can borrow it. So I wouldn't <laughs> take your last name. Yeah, I wouldn't be a wood. Oh well. Oh, you're not okay. If you don't want to be my Star Trek drag mother, it's okay. I, I, you I can, can be totally. Original. You can be Hollywood. Hollywood. Gingerwood. Oh, my God. Oh, Gingerwood. Gingerwood? Yeah, I like that. I like Gingerwood. It's a little suggestive. I actually got my drag name because I grew up on, you know, they always say your porn name. It's the street you grew up on and your first animal or whatever. Uh But I literally grew up on Heatherwood Court in Indiana. So there we go. Oh, wow. I had no idea. And that wasn't even one of my questions, but I thought about it. But that's cool. That's how I came up with Heatherwood. I had other names. I don't remember what they were, but that one was the best. So, yeah, I like it. Thank you so much for for being here today and talking about all this stuff and and, and looking phenomenal. (laughs) Oh, thank you. And sharing all of this with us. It was my pleasure. I uh, thank you so much for asking me. This has been really a big honor. I so rarely get to be asked to do any interviews, so I'm was super excited to do this. And uh, please have me back anytime. I'll give you the fantasy. So maybe <laughs> a different great. fantasy. Maybe it's so great. maybe maybe Blaze and Bev. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> big fan of Blaze and Bev. <laughs> yeah. Listeners, if you don't know what that is, just I guess you could just Google Blaze and Bev and and you'll see the memes. Or maybe some Kira. You know, I might have to drop about 20 pounds to do Kira, but, uh, you know. (laughs) Who cares? There's time. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be locked away for COVID quarantine for probably for the rest of the year. So we have the time. (laughs) It's a really good time to brush up on all of all of our skills. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. As performers, especially. But thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you asking me. I had so much fun talking with you. I just want to say to your listeners, you know, thank you so much for listening. And uh, I hope you enjoyed. Um, And you can follow me on the social media at I am Heather Wood or on Instagram at the Heather Wood. And you can check out my website at heatherwood.net if you want to learn more. I love that I didn't even have to ask you to to give your socials and everything out. And this is a true performer, true drag queen, promoting yourself exactly like you should. <laughs> Total pro. Thank you. I, I try. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. You can join the There Are Four Questions conversation on Twitter and Facebook by following us at Four Questions Trek. That's the number four not spelled out. And join our listeners group on Facebook by typing The Nexus into the search field. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at CD Littlefield. Keep an eye out for my next interview coming very soon. Thanks for listening to There Are Four Questions. I see no point in holding you further. You may go. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for Starbase One, a Star Trek online podcast. I don't really think that's a good idea. I order you to do it right now. 
Warning, the structural integrity field has collapsed. This is Admiral Quinn. You will be assigned to Starbase 1. Welcome to Starbase 1. I'm Colin. I'm Admiral Aaron. I'm Dave. I'm Steve. And I'm Tom. Starbase One is a dedicated Star Trek Online podcast. If you're a first-time listener, hello. If you're a dedicated decade listener and you've been wondering where the hell we are, we're back. Loading Suite preview program for Open Channel, a Star Trek community podcast. True, but, but how do you decide what's empty fan service and what's, you know, substantial fan service? What's the difference? Uh, watch Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, and you'll see <laughs> some examples of empty fan service. Uh, okay, okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I get that. But you know, they can do. I've said this before, but they can do whatever they want to because it's animated. They can have any voice actor from any other Star Trek series and figure out a way to write them in. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for the Vedic Assembly. A Deep Space Nine podcast. I'm not going to put it down there with my lowest of lows, but my okay. most my most thing about Meridian is why the hell would she be like, I've known you for 13 seconds and I'm going to go into an ethereal, non-corporeal form for the next 67 years. It's like, why would you do this? <laughs> yeah, what same if- person? You're like 300 and something years old, Dax. Surely you've had a little bit more life experience than this to be running <laughs> off with strangers. You're not 12. <laughs> Computer, deactivate Holosuite.